0: I've created the following amusing story, mainly to get my own head back around what logarithms are all about. Uh, because I am rusty, even on what used to be the most obvious things I used to do at school. I am rusty, you know, I, I, I surprise myself how rusty I get on stuff I did once know pretty well. But here comes the humorous story and then I'll come back. The great mathematician woke from his coma. The detective had been hoping he would. Good morning said the detective. Good morning, said the mathematician. Where am I? You've been in a coma for some time, said the detective. Really, said the great scientist, the great mathematician. He was a great scientist and a great mathematician. I'm making this up as I go along. Um, and for how long have I been in a coma, asked the great mathematician and scientist. Hmm, said the detective. We're not sure. Uh, We thought we might ask you to work that out. How would I work that out, inquired the scientist slash mathematician. you're the great mathematician said the detective but listen we do have a little job for you if you're willing we need you um and all jokes aside something serious has happened whilst you've been in a coma and the mathematician said don't tell me Essendon's lost every game since actually it's worse than that Said the detective. Essendon hasn't played since then. F and what? <laughs> said the mathematician. All right. Okay, this, uh, we need to work this one out. I'm on board. And he said, and then the detective said, good, thank you. Uh, listen, here's the problem a, a great virus has gripped our neighborhood. Is that right? um, uh, said, uh, the mathematician, um, do tell, and he said, well, it's another coronavirus, aha, said the scientist slash mathematician, we've had a few of those before, uh, we've had Mars and SARS, wasn't it, ah, you're a bit hazy still in your, co- from, you know, waking up from your coma, said the, uh, detective, no, it was SARS and MERS, ah, yes, <laughs> said the great mathematician my head is getting a little less cloudy now good said the detective listen we're prepared to pay you well okay what's your problem said the mathematician well we don't know when this virus started um but we do know it's a coronavirus and we need to know when it started preferably to the day Because we're looking for the guy that started it. Ah, said the mathematician. "Um, He would have eaten a bat. How did you know that? Said the detective. Ah, he says, because I am a great scientist. This is why you have come to me, is it not? And the detective goes, he just goes, you know. He goes, ah, yes, true. I hadn't thought of that. Well, this is why you're a scientist and I'm a detective. Well, you know. Said the scientist, I like donuts too. Hmm, said the detective, yes. Well, um, we need you to work it out. And, um, and the scientist said, well I happen to know a little bit about, a bit about these uh, coronaviruses, and I even know how to pronounce them now that the fog is lifting in my mind as I wake up from this coma. Uh, I happen to know that every 10 days uh, every person who's got it spreads it to ten other people. Is that right? Said the detective. That is right. Said the scientist. You yeah, I'm not called a Masters of Mathematics and Science for nothing. Hmm, very good. Said, um, the detective. This is why we have come to you. Thank you. Said the mathematician. Uh, all right. Now, I know these coronaviruses very well. And, um, Okay, so how many people have got it? 10,000 in our one town, said the scientist. Yes, 10,000, said the detective. And um, you've been in a coma for some time, which is, uh, you know, in a slightly less vegetative state than you would have been in had you been in the Big Brother house. Ah, yes, said the scientist. I've been in that too before. I found it uh, very inspiring. (laughs) Well, be that as it may, uh, uh, said the uh, detective. Uh, We could do with a little bit of mathematics. Okay, go for it, said the mathematician. And uh, the detective said, no, you go for it. I'm paying you, remember? Ah, that's right, said the mathematician. All right, 10,000 people. Uh, Look, if I hadn't been in a coma, I would have uh, worked it out in advance for you. Yes, said the detective, but, you know, we detectives, we work on what we've got rather than, you know, what we might have had. Yeah, I understand that, said the scientist. I understand everything, actually. Uh, but, you know, whatever. Okay. Now, I would have um, been able to tell you that, you know, the, the the guy that ate the bat, whenever that was, that um, he would have given it to ten people after a, a week, Ah, uh, yes, said the detective. I'm a little slow, so please take your time. That's okay, said the mathematician. I'm used to people who are slow in my field, uh, and we have learned to have patience with you and others. As long as you pay up at the end, oh, I'll pay up, said the detective. All right, said the um said the uh mathematician well i'm going to work forward just to illustrate how all this works do you need to said the detective Uh, yes i do um said the um mathematician but only for you not for me oh all right said the detective i have patience and um and the mathematician says this once upon a time we don't know how long ago that was a man ate a bat this much you can lock in detective and the detective said that much i did lock in but it was only after that that i got stuck because i do grant you i do like my donuts uh and you know i i tended to have a good donut when other kids like you were studying back at school i remember kids like you said the mathematician you do not have to apologize thank you said the detective all right Now, let's just um, imagine that batman, that man that ate the bat. Okay, I've got him in my head, said the detective. And and he said, right, after the first week, he's given it to 10 people. And after the second week, he's given it to 100. You know, those 10 people have each given it to 10 people. And that's 100 people have got it. And then, you know, two weeks later, 10,000 people have got it. Have you worked that out? let me think said the detective so you're saying it multiplies by 10 each time that's right said um, the man- mathematician exponentiation is where you multiply something by 10 each time you know if it so happens that you know with you know, for a given virus this one for example uh, you know, people do give it to 10 people each time each step of the way if you like you know look He said you can i don't want to confuse things but you can imagine just a second sorry i will you have to say please though you have to say please not please (laughs) please all right yeah uh where was i um so the detective said, yes, I understand. Um, so uh, that would make it four weeks, with the detective, said the detective. And, um, and the mathematician said, you know, I had your pictures as a donut eater, but I think there's hope for you. Thank you, said the detective. I'm actually, you know, coming from a great mathematician like you, uh, that's a high honour indeed. Thank you. That's all right, said the mathematician. Um, I am very well used to uh, being condescending in the nicest possible way to people who are paying me, and uh, and and the mathematician said, um, "Please do continue." Well, he said, "Well, it's it's four steps, as you said," said the maths um, teacher. Uh, sorry, the maths, the great mathematician. Um, after the first week, yes, you've got ten people uh, with the virus. And then after the second week, you've got 100, yeah. And after the third week, you've got 1,000. And after the fourth week, you've got 10,000. Hmm. Okay, so the detective got it. Now, how many people did you say that have the virus right now? And and the detective said, um, 10,000. And he said, all right. Well, guess what? I was in a coma while all this was happening, but I can work backwards. Okay, and the way we do that is we divide by 10 each time. My goodness, said the detective. Why didn't I think of that? Yeah, and, um, ah, well, that's why you called me in, you know. You can't be everything. I'm sure you're a great detective. I'm a good one, said the detective. I'm not the best. Okay, well, you've come to the best, said the mathematician. Well, well, let's divide by 10 each time and see what we get. So a week ago, if there's 10,000 now, a week ago we had 1,000, correct? Correct, said the detective. And a week before that, 100? And a week before that, 10? And a week before that, 1? Is this true? Said the mathematician. And, um, the, uh, the detective said, yep. Yeah. Okay, oh, four weeks ago, I get it. Um, uh, so, okay, the guy that ate the bat was four weeks ago. That's right, said the man in the coma. All right, we're getting closer, thank you, said the detective. Now, uh, uh, stop right there, said the mathematician. This business of, you know, trying to explain it into, to you in English, there is a mathematical way, there is a mathematical way of explaining all this. Um, and when we're going backwards, you know, we're, we're, we've got a word for that. When we're going forward, we call that exponentiation. You know? And, you know, when, when you start at one and go to 10, then 100, then a 1,000, then 10,000. When you come backwards, we've got a different word for it. Oh, what's that, said the detective, you know? Unexponatiation, ha <laughs> ha ha. That'd be too, uh, you know, we can't make maths accessible to everyone, said the mathematician, so we give it a special word. Logarithms. Logar-what? <laughs> said the detective. Logarithms. Is that absolutely necessary, said the detective. Why not call it unexponentiation? Ah, we don't, you know, would you have called me had you known that? No, said the detective. Hmm, QED, said the great scientist. Okay, um, now, um, so working backwards, we call that the process of... Taking logarithms, logging—you know—we log it backwards. We log each step of the way backwards. You know, think of it like that if you like. So what we do, we say to ourselves, "We've got ten thousand people. How many steps would it take us to get back to one?" You know, and you already know the answers 4 don't you? Yeah. Um, the detective says, "Yes, I do." All right. So we call that the process of taking logarithms, um, dividing by a certain number each time. And that certain number we call the base number. You know, the basic number that we're dividing by, the base number. So if you're starting at 10,000, and we know that the base number for this virus is 10, you know, it multiplies by 10 each time, then we divide by 10 each time. So when I say to you, um, we're going to take the log to the base 10, of 10,000. What we're going to do is work out how many steps it's going to take us to get back to one. So, do you reckon you can just tell me straight off, straight up, what is log to the base 10 of a 1,000? Uh, that'd be one, said the detective. I didn't even have to think of that. Didn't, didn't even have to think about it. You're more than donuts, said the mathematician. You're a lot more than donuts. Right." Um, here's the thing. Log to the base 10 of 10,000 is four. Now, can you tell me what log to the base 10 of 100,000 will be another week from now after this virus has gone, even more gangbusters. Log to the base 10 of 100,000, said the detective. That'll be five. Five steps, five weeks. That's right. Log to the base 10 of 100,000 is five. I'm really impressed by you, said the detective. Well, thank you very much, said the mathematician. So am I. Um, so anyway, so right now we've got a situation of log to the base 10 of 10,000, which means that um, there was only one person with this virus four weeks ago, is it? Uh, yes, um, said the mathematician. You've worked it out. This is where the detective cuts in, isn't it? And the mat- mathematician, well, I knew that as well said the mathematician. A mathematician is something of a detective as well, but a detective is not something of a mathematician in every case. Very uh, you're so smart, said the uh, detective. I am genuinely impressed. Uh, now, after we've done all that math, then, said the mathematician, are you ready to pay up? You know, I think I've done the job for you. He said, yeah, yeah, well, um, well the reason I, s- I needed you in is to fix um, an amount more than anything, said the detective, um, so um, uh, I would like to pay you on how many weeks you've been here, and uh, but I'll have to go and figure that out myself. Uh, in fact, could you send me a bill later and um, And the mathematician said, Yes, no problem. I'll send you a bill I'll work out a a weekly rate, you know um, and uh, But the weeks won't be based on how many weeks uh, I have been working on this thing, because I've been working on it for but minutes. But it'll be worked out on how many weeks that um, the virus has been around. Oh, very good. There's just one thing, uh, said the detective, before you go. Uh, oh, yes, um, what is that detective, said the mathematician. Um, do you recall what date it was that um do you recall what caused you to go in a coma this is the one thing that's been bugging me you know and he said oh absolutely i can recall the thing um i uh i i got a very strange, you know i got a very strange sickness and um and um i was feeling awful i rang my wife and that's the last thing i remember and do you remember what date that was i, I, I do actually said the great mathematician. It was the 1st of February this year. Ah, said the detective. Now, listen, it's the 28th of February now. Um, I hate to tell you this, but you're under arrest. Oh, I beg your pardon? You ate a bat, didn't you? Ah, <laughs> uh, uh, How did you know that? <laughs> said the great mathematician. Well... Um, my name is Columbo, (laughs) said the great detective. And, um, and then, uh, how does it go in those episodes of Columbo? Then the great mathematician makes a run for it and runs straight into three policemen. And, uh, and the three policemen drag him back in. And, um, and he says, I I really, uh, you had me going there, uh, Columbo. I don't know how you worked all that out. Um... But tell me, uh, you may be smart, you know, you may have outsmarted yourself here, because if I've got the virus, so have you now. And uh, Columbo said, ah, now that's the interesting thing, you see, uh, because I'm one of the 10,000 and these three wonderful police officers are three others of the 10,000. And that's what's made this entire episode particularly enjoyable on a personal level. Take him away, boys. Okay, so that's that. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's what logarithms are all about, roughly, <laughs> you know. It's a bit like um, when you square a number. You know the game of squares? Yeah, look, like if you take six, and you square it, it takes you to 36. Uh, But to get back to six again, you have to square root it. Um, It's a, you know, it's a go forth forth and come back sort of thing. Um, And if you add one to a number, to get back to the first number, you have to subtract it again, that sort of thing. Um, So there are two other sequences. In maths or series, I always get mixed up what a sequence is compared to a, se- a series. Uh, but, um, you know, like counting from one to ten, there's a, um, there's a, there's a uh, system to it. You know, one, two, three, four, five, six, and so on. And the system there is you are adding one each time. That's a, that's a pretty easy one uh, there's another system um, where you might multiply I'm oh, sorry add six each time add six not add one but add six we do that at the footy. you know every time you kick a goal it's six points so 6 12 18 24 you know 30 um, so that's adding six each time so um, that's different than adding one each time you know we add a, we add one each time every time we kick a point. You know? So in football, we've got both systems there, adding one at a time and adding six at a time, and most kids even get pretty good at that pretty quickly. We had to at school, we, had, you know, we went to a, a school that was obsessed with football, and, um, and we had teachers who would drum the six times tables into us first and foremost, because they knew we would relate to that. Because we were all playing football as well. Okay. Now, Brother Michael. G'day, Brother Michael. I hope you're still alive. Um, Year eight, you know. He he would come in, and he wouldn't even into class. And he wouldn't even say good morning. The very first thing he would say, you know, was six times eight. And so on and so forth. And he just... That's how he started every lesson, with the six times tables. He never went to five times tables, or four times, or three times. He was just... Getting us in the mood for being curious about these things, he probably wasn't a bad teacher in that way. You don't, you know, you've got to teach kids how to learn, not what to learn, you know. So he would, he just, uh, he probably figured that if we, if we, if we kind of twigged to how um, multiplying and adding six each time, you know, how, how those were related. Um, you know, because six plus six plus six plus six, you know, that's six times four, you know, he probably thought, look, I'll just get them going on the sixes and they'll be able to, they'll be able to make the quantum leap to fives and fours and threes and twos and eights and sevens and so on. All right. And he went beyond 12 too, because he knew that sometimes we kicked more. We were, we were pretty good at football at our school. And he knew that sometimes we kicked more than 12 goals. Right. Um, so, um, that's that. So there's systems. Where you add each time. I'm getting to exponentials. I'll get there in a second. You already know what they are anyway, but probably this is more for me than you. Um, so that's a system where you add six each time. Now, there's also a system where you take the square of a number each time, and that you use that for completely different purposes. You wouldn't be using that to uh, work out how many goals you've kicked. Oh, so how many? You know, what's your score? Uh, squares would be used for some other reason, but you know if you had the number ten, you know ten squared is a hundred you know, and then you square that again, um, and then what 's that ten thousand, and you square that again is a hundred million now um, that virus I was talking about before, the coronavirus that 's currently in play at the moment in the world, um, if that followed the rule of squares we 'd be in a much bigger world of trouble i I, I must imagine. Uh, Because, you know, with um, exponentials, you're just multiplying by 10 each time. You're not squaring each time. And, you know, if you're at 10, with exponentials, you're going 10 times 10 is 100, times 10 is 1,000, times 10 is 10,000. So you've gone 10, 100, 1,000, 10,000. Yeah, 10, 100, 1,000, 10,000. But if you're squaring each time, you've gone 10, 100, 10,000, 100 million. Much quicker. The whole world will be infected in weeks. Yeah, days. All right. So that's that. But um, basically, exponentials are this business where, you know, like if you're counting sheep, you know, I used to work on a farm and you count sheep coming through a gate in threes. You don't count them one by one. You lose track if you do that. So you count them by threes. You know, because you can actually, th- the human brain can see th- three at a time. Um, Uh, I was taught that early on you know just count them in threes just group them in threes as they run past because they're all running with the dogs yapping and all that sort of stuff so you'll find it easiest threes are the best and you get really good at counting in threes but the point is you're adding three each time just like in footy you're adding six each time. So you know, I, en- I ended up pretty good at six times tables and three times tables, first and foremost. No, that's not true because I did the sheep counting thing when I was a bit older. So I already knew my three times tables by then. But I did know my six times tables the best and that's very much a memory. Uh, but um, you know, these are adding three each time or six each time. Now, um, the raising to the power game, you know, squaring 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 well that just goes through the roof really quickly that goes through the through the roof faster than exponentials you know because as i said before if you're squaring 10 all the time you got 10 and then the very next week you've got 100 and the very next week you've got ten thousand. you know not a thousand and then the very week uh, next week after that you got 100 million You know, that's just incredible. And if if you're going by the rule of, you know, cubing each time, that's even more insane and it goes on and on, you know. Okay, but exponentials are somewhere between adding a different, uh, adding a number each time, you know, whether that's two or three or six or whatever, okay, or 10, you know. Rather than adding a number every week, if a virus works like that, That would be lovely because it would be a nice straight line, you know, it wouldn't get out of control. That would be lovely if it just added, yeah. And rather than squaring or cubing each time, which would be absolutely insane, uh, there's a a mathematical sequence that happens to be in in between those two extremes. um, And that's called exponentials. And that's where you multiply by a certain number every time. Not squaring it every time, but multiplying it by a certain number every time. So you start at ten, hundred, 1,000, 10,000. It's, it's really, it does explode in the end, you know, very dramatically. But it doesn't explode as badly as squaring a number it does every time. You know, nowhere near it. Squaring a number every time just explodes really quickly. Um, actually I won't get into it but if it did if this virus did square every time we probably would have been better off maybe um, because herd immunity would have kicked in really fast but there's a whole other topic and I'm only talking about maths here Um, Oh, because what happens there, what I mean by herd immunity and all this business, is all these rules, you know, whether you're just adding one each time or adding three each time or multiplying by three each time or multiplying by 10 each time or squaring each time or cubing each time, whatever. These are all different mathematical sequences or series. I can never remember the difference. Um, In each of these cases, um, it, you know, it assumes there's an infinite population for it to keep expanding. You know, because you could get to seven billion, but then, you know, you have to multiply that by 10, and you've got 70 billion. We haven't even got 70 billion people on the planet. It gets saturated. Um, so what happens is, mathematically, there's no limit. Uh, but in the real world, um, you know, it goes, it really does go very close to pure mathematics at the start, you know. Um let's say a virus multiply, you know, where everyone gives the virus to ten people. Um, one, ten, a hundred, you know, a thousand, ten thousand. You know, it goes really smoothly like that if you've really pretty much got an you know, like there's plenty of fresh meat for the virus every time, you know. Um but what happens is you start to saturate firstly your own town and it starts to drop off a bit because the you know the 10,000th person who catches the virus wants to pass it on to 10 people but can't find those 10 people so the graph starts to level out again and there's maths in that too there's maths in that too but you have to get a little bit um, then you start doing modelling and you have to work out You know, because you know that eventually there's a saturation point so it goes, the graph will go flat And it becomes a curve, you know, it goes, it goes exponentiating up, and then it levels out. And that's pretty much the graph that China's got going at the moment. And it's not only through saturation of population, Uh, herd immunity works that way, you see. Once the whole herd's got it, the very last cow in the herd can't pass it on, just can't. Wants to, but can't. You know, wants to pass it on to 10 people, can't. And that's how herd immunity works, you know. A lot of this, a lot of this stuff is just, new and fresh to my mind again and i haven't thought about it for years but this virus you know does have its advantages in as much as oh look it's a statistician's uh, dream at the moment i see graphs you know presenting the spread of this virus and the leveling out in china and the leveling out here and there um i see graphs the data presented in the most wonderful ways there are mathematicians having an absolute field day with all this and media outlets are presenting you know, the tragedy in as many brilliant ways as they can with colour coding and, you know, wonderful graphs and all that sort of stuff. Um, On one level, we're getting right into it. I don't know if people are sort of consciously doing that, but people like me, I can't get enough of it. Now, I know there are some people who have anxiety and everything who can get enough of it and are sick of the same data coming at them in 65 different ways, and I don't know if it makes me amoral, but I'm finding it a wonderful what you might call refresher on just how just all the different ways that you can present the same data um you know there's a thing called the logarithmic scale which i'll come I'll, i'll get to that in a minute uh which ties in to my sort of pretend fun game earlier talking about what's the difference between exponentials and logarithms so i'll get i will get to that Yeah, there's different scales because there's a kind of, you know, just a normal X and Y axis, how many cases on the Y axis and how many weeks on the X axis, you know. And you get that curve that we get to know really well, um, um, you know, where it starts, you know, it starts where the graph sort of uh, on a very slight gradient, starts moving to the right and then starts shooting up, you know. We're used to that one, that's the exponential one, you know, where the virus, you know, every person who gets it is giving it to 10 people so it starts to shoot up but not as fast as it would be shooting up if we were squaring the number of cases every time then that would go, then it would go absolutely nuts and it would level out really really quickly within a couple of weeks and I think that would be herd immunity a lot of people would die um and um really quickly you know you just get you know I, I don't know how many people we've got dead maybe we've got 5,000 10,000 people dead already 25,000 I've actually lost track uh but Uh, and they're all, I know they're all important, you know, every one of those people who is dying um, is someone's nonna or papa, you know, if it's in Italy, or grandmother or grandfather, if it's in England, or something like that, you know what I mean, these are all really important people, I know that much, and it could be my loved ones in the gun next, Um, but what do you do, you know, um, when you're in a maths class, you're thinking maths, do you have to bring everything back to the tragedy all the time, or, you know, well, it's not my business, do what you want. Now, okay, so, um, so that's that. So, um, yeah, so you you know, the, when it comes to just adding a number, it's very even, nice straight line on a normal graph. Uh, but when it comes to exponentiation, you're multiplying by 10 each time, let's say, um, you know, With the adding one, it could be adding one each time or adding three each time if you're counting sheep or adding six each time if you're kicking goals in the footy, you know. But with viruses, it's exponentiation. It's not adding, it's multiplying. So you could be multiplying, you know, some viruses will multiply every 10, multiply by 10 every week. Um, Some others will multiply by five every week and some others will multiply by two every week. Actually, when you trace your family tree and go backwards, and that multiplies by two every generation. You know, so that is an exponential where you're multiplying by two every time. Two every time, you know. Not adding by two every time, but multiplying by two every time. And then, if you trace yourself back 10 generations and you want to come back to yourself, well, you've been exponentializing. That's not a word, but you know what I mean. Exponentiating. Um, all the way through to 10 generations back now if you want to work your way back to yourself again because it's all about you in the end isn't it (laughs) yeah but if you want to work your way back you're using exponentials to get generate 10 generations back um you know multiplying by two each time right Uh, an exponentiation you know multiplying by two every time but to get back to yourself because 10 oh why did i pick 10 because there's too many one, or 10 generations back, let's do it. Two, I gotta use my fingers, hang on. First generation is two people, that's your parents, right? Two, four, eight, 16, 32, 64, 128, 512, 1024. 2,048 people you've got. You know, 2,048 people exponentiating by exponentiating at a basic number of two, you know, where it increases, where you multiply by two each time, a base of two. We call that a base of two, I'm pretty sure. You know, um, know, uh, uh, so a base of two, not a power of two, you know, that's when you're squaring each time, the power of two. So I think it's called a base of two with exponentiation. With a power of two, you know, um, it's different. Okay, but with a base of two, after one generation, two, people in your family tree. Um, yeah, there are two people living at one time, um, and so on, all the way through to whatever I said. Was it 2048, wasn't it? All right, so what you do to get back to yourself is you, you're starting at 2048. You know that it takes two people to make each baby to work your way back to yourself. So what you're doing is you're unexponentiating or get it, taking the logarithm to get back to yourself. And and what's the base that you're taking the log with? You know, the logarithm with? Yeah, the unexponentiating with? You're unexponentiating by two each time. You're dividing by two each time. So, what you're doing is you start at 2048, and you say, what is 2048? Two th- what is the log of 2048? to the base two. See, the base is two, yeah, you know, because it's genealogy. So what is the log of 2048 to the base two? And the answer to that is 10. Yeah, you because know, it takes 10 steps to get back to you. Because what you're asking when you're asking what is the log of something, you're asking how many steps to get back to one. You, the person, you know, the, the only person that matters. Or in my funny story before, you know, I think we had 10,000 people, and we wanted to get back to um, the guy that ate the bat, the one, you know, the one? So we're at 10,000, and we were, uh, what is the log of 10,000 to the base 10? What is the log to the base 10 of 10,000? And we said, all right, 10,000, and we divide by 10 each time, because that's the base, you see? So 10,000, 1,000, 100, 10, 1, you know, four steps. So the log of 10,000, so the log to the base 10 is the way they put it. The log to, because you've got you to you quickly sort of um, get your head around how much you're supposed to be dividing by each time. Okay, log to the base 10, ooh, that's how much we're going to divide by each time. Log to the base 10 of, of 10,000 is four. And log to the base two of 2048 is 10. And you keep doing that with all different, you know? You can, you can do it by fives. Now, I just off the top of my head, log to the base five of 125 is three, you know, because it takes you three steps. Is that right, 125? Um, five, yep, that's right. So divided by five gives you 25, and then divide by another five gives you five, and then divide by another five, and you get back to one. So if you had a virus in which everyone who gets the virus Um, gave it to five other people, Uh, what you would have is a virus that works on a base of five. So it exponentiates, you know, let's say it's always a week just to make it easy. It doesn't have to be a week. It can be every three days that it multiplies by five. doesn't matter. You know, it doesn't really matter. You can take the time out of it and just sort of figure out how many many people does each person give it to, you know, five. Uh, How many steps, you know what I mean? So the log to the base five of 125 of this other virus, let's say, call it bubonic plague, you know. Um, The log to the base five of 125 is three. Okay, so if you um, came across a case of bubonic plague in a town back in medieval Europe, and you saw that 125 people had it, and you knew that um, with this plague from prior experience that every person who gets it gives it to five people, you would say to yourself, if you're a mathematician, um, okay, I know that this virus started three weeks ago. Yeah, in a perfect world, you know what I mean? With plenty of fresh meat available for the virus to spread to, you would say, all right, based on prior experience at least, um, you would say, the log of 125 cases that I can see right before me in this medieval village, or city, Um, The log to the base five of these 125 cases is three. It's been three weeks since there was one person. And you're working backwards, yeah, because you're coming in at the end. You know, you, you haven't been watching the virus grow. You've actually just lobbed into this town when there's already 125 cases. So, you know, you didn't get to see people dying all the way through. So what you have to do is work your way backwards and working your way backwards on, in an on an exponential sort of thing like viruses is called taking the logarithm taking the log log to the And, and for bubonic plague let's say it's you you operate on you know having to divide by five each time so what and the language of maths for that is log to the base 5 of 125 is 3 and um, and I think it's 625 after that is it um, log to the base five of 625 is four. Yeah, that's four steps to get to 625 on an exponential graph. Log to the base five of 25. Well, that's just two. Yeah, you know, because 25 back to five and then back to one. Two steps. Um, log to the base three of 27. 27, 9, 3, 1. That's three steps to get back to one. You always have to get back to one. I think that's true. Um, Is there a situation where logarithms are used where it doesn't come back to one? Probably, but I'm too rusty. And if if I do get, I've got this thing, natural logarithms um, buzzing away in the back of my head, but I forget how they work. I will look that up later and add it to the episode. I know they're 2.718, that's in my head, but I actually completely forget how that operates. But let me think. that will be logged to the base 2.718. So, I imagine, and I will double check this, but you start with one and then you multiply it by 2.718 and then multiply it by 2.718 again, and so on. Yeah, you know, it doesn't have to be even numbers, I imagine. And 2.718 is some sort of natural magic number. Sometimes in nature we notice things and uh, we notice they follow patterns and they fit in with maths, you know, God made maths maybe, if you're religious. All right, then. Now, um,. So that's that, these are all sequences or series and I can never remember which is which. Um, there's a Fibonacci series, I think it's series. Once they're all, oh, once they're all done and you've laid them all out, maybe they're a series that you're looking at and, um, and you've got to figure out how the series works and that's a sequence. How does that sound? Anyway, whatever it is. Okay, there was another series. In, math, in, in nature, we, there are a lot of mathematical sequences. Um, yeah, oh, for example, having babies. There's always two parents and one child. Now, we're just starting to fiddle around with that right now, which will be extremely interesting uh, because you could have three parents and one child. You know, DNA from three. Now, this is fantastic. I I just, uh, there's things flooding into my head about that now, um, where you could have the expected, you know, what we're used to, the um, ordinary or what, what we expect, you know, the expected exponentiation, in family trees, you know. um, And, uh, you know, going backwards, where you're fully expecting to have two parents, reliably every generation, going backwards. But in the future there'll be kids with three parents at one generation, and they will be outside the mathematical norm. Now, this is where you get into a lot of trouble, because, you know, you're sort of saying they're not normal. But on a mathematical level, they're not normal compared to, um, what we've all, you know, everything that's ever been born in nature, you know, um, so far in all of history, they're abnormal compared to that. But then people start getting emotional about that and saying, don't call us abnormal. I say, well, mathematically you are. Yes. And they, they say, yes, mathematically, we are unusual. You say, well, you're abnormal in terms of the way you know. Mother Nature doesn't exactly give, doesn't um, in, doesn't accidentally give you three parents, does it? And all that sort of stuff. Look, I'll just leave that alone. But I'll, I'll, I'll explore this a bit more later. It's the next day. Intermission. Uh, We've ventured down the coast a bit. My son and I are in massive isolation. Um, What I mean by that is we're not coming within 100 metres of anybody. We've got enough food and all that sort of stuff. Um, We don't need to go to the supermarket. You know, we planned this one out. Anyway, so we've come down the coast a bit um, and we're on a a secluded beach. Um, uh, Right, now, um, he's having a swim. And I'm standing here, watching. Okay, now, intermission. This is, I'm going to take a break here for a minute. Uh, From logarithms and exponentials. I don't know what the morals of yakking on about uh, exponentials and logarithms are in the middle of a virus that is affecting so many people, Um, but... Oh, look this podcast as a whole is seeking a kind of virtue that borders on sociopathy but is very keen to stay away from hypocrisy How can i put it like that um yes i should be taking every, look you could be taking everything seriously all the time but you could never talk about exponentials and logarithms yeah uh, we've well, look I could have there there, there were people uh, but 3 months ago which who would have thought it quite fine for me to be talking about exponential logarithms then you know before this virus came along what's the difference you know there was absolute disasters happening back then I know of I know of some of them you know i, I remember I was, I was um, an online friend with a Kenyan once, a Kenyan from Kenya, you know, um, and was deep in discussion with this person. And, and, and on that occasion, I was being myself, not, you know, this podcast is spoken by an alias um, who's detached from all this stuff. But with this other person, I was, um, you know, I was having intense discussions as a human, um, and someone who was very interested during all, a whole spate of terrorist attacks that Kenya was having at the time. And no one around me cared about that. Um, they were happy to talk about ex- exponentials and logarithms and how's the footy going and all that sort of stuff and sitting down in their cafes outdoor, you know, with their lattes, sipping lattes and laughing gaily when people were getting put up against a wall in a quarry in Kenya you know and uh, this was all local news for my friend um, and told to quote passages from the Quran and if they couldn't they were just shot right there um, and um, there was um, and there was a spate of terrorist attacks at the time and it was it was a, it was discordant for me because you know it was a, it did affect me you know like I was thinking this is really bad you know like beautiful here, where I am in Australia. Beautiful. I'm sitting here and I'm having a coffee too, you know? And meanwhile, I'm online texting this person and she's saying we had um, someone jump on a bus. Now, I knew some of this because it's easily Googleable, You know? Um, but it was, you know, it was seeping through on our news, but it wasn't big news. Um, and she's saying someone just jumped on a bus and just, just shot everybody, you know? And there was another one... Um, at a university, that one did make front-page news in Melbourne, but I don't think people really connected or cared in Melbourne. You know, like, in, you know, they probably, oh, that's just in Africa, you know. Oh, up and down my street, even compassionate, well-meaning, loving people and all that sort of stuff, they saw the headlines, but they forgot the headlines as soon as they went down. Ah, oh, Bob, how are you going? Hey, stop for a coffee, you know. Anyway, what do you brought about the footy? You know, talking about trivial stuff is what I'm getting at. When huge tragedies are happening, you know. Now, the morals of that are very difficult to um, to get, a, get your head around. You know, I was sort of thinking, should I go over there and say, hey, don't be so happy because there's people getting slaughtered at the moment. There was another one uh, in a, uh, at the same time in a shopping centre and there were these guys. And terrorists just roaming through the shopping centre, and just point blank, just shooting everyone they could. You know, people were cowering in cupboards, and they'd open the cupboard and just go bang and blow their heads off. Now, I'm, I'm being a little bit dramatic there because at the same, I need to get the contradistinction going. At the at the contrast going. At the same time, you know, people and yeah, we kind of, you kind of could. Google that or see it in your news feed and all that sort of stuff. At the same time, nearly everyone I knew was just talking about the footy. You know, they, they could easily have been talking about exponentials and logarithms. Now, I happen to be talking about, expo, you know, in this podcast, um, exponentials and logarithms. Now, what's the moral? And I'm, I'm actually down on a beautiful beach right now. My son is swimming in front of me. We're all alone. Um, yeah, like there's someone about 100 meters away. Hundred fifty meters away. Actually, they'd be two hundred meters away. These are isolated beaches. My son and I have been coming to. Um, and um, what's the morals and virtues? Sorry, what's the morals of me in the middle of a COVID nineteen podcast, not showing the correct level of um, you know sobriety? you know, or compassion, or human kindness, you know, and all that sort of stuff, um, the morals of that are tricky, the virtues of it are simple, you know, it's quite virtuous, because it lacks hypocrisy, me doing this, it lacks hypocrisy, and I think it's quite virtuous, bordering on sociopathy, but I think you need that a little bit in the world, um, but that's too hard to get into right now because I am essentially doing an episode on exponentials and logarithms. All right, but I've framed the entire podcast like that. This entire podcast is essentially not a human speaking; it's it's um, ideas speaking, and ideas have no morals. Ideas are, you know, they have a life of their own. And this entire podcast is a, is um, a you know one portion. Of myself, not the emotional, you know, you know, human, caring, compassionate part of me, but it's one part of my brain. If you could lobotomize that out, um, in a more virtuous way, bordering on sociopathy, you know, um, you know, noticing a virus coming along and saying there's something to be learned out of this, and that something is, you know, it's a good opportunity to revise. Exponentials and logarithms, exponentials and logarithms, you know, and how all that works, because viruses work in an exponential way. Now, the morals of that are tricky. That I do grant. But then the morals of you, <laughs> I don't even know who you are, um, sitting there while those guys were getting lined up at that quarry and being told to quote passages from the Koran or get shot, I found that tricky as well. But that's enough of that. But having said that, I wanted to have this intermission to be human for a second. Um, as I stand here in Wye River on the Great Ocean Road, and it is stunning here. And uh, nigh on empty of people. The morals of me standing here, well, that's a whole other story. All I can say is uh, my family went into isolation. Uh, probably a couple of weeks before everyone else pulled our kids out of school. But then, you know, the message around town, around Australia, around the world is stay at home. But I've brought my son out and we've come to a beach where there's nobody here. Having said all that, it feels a little strange, isolating. Well, obviously I'm isolating within the house and outside the house on occasion. Uh, But, you know, I haven't touched anyone except my own immediate family for weeks. I don't know how many weeks now. Um, And it feels weird uh, just being one of the people who can simply opt out. You know, like, all right, 90% of you, 80% of you, just isolate and leave all the hard work to the rest of us and by the rest of us i mean all the emergency workers the nurses the doctors and even supermarket workers i've been noticing um and there'd be a lot of others Uh, and our politicians you know to a certain extent they can't isolate can they boris johnson is at the moment he he actually got a dose of it Uh, but, um, you know, by and large, there's people out there, you know, Scott Morrison even, our Prime Minister, you know, he's, he's got to be thinking about it in a very serious way all day long. Um, and he has to take it very seriously, whereas I can be a bit flippant because I'm not in any, I don't have any um, position of responsibility on this planet other than looking after my family and do- doing some software, which is my job. Uh, And it feels weird being one of the people, you know, sort of say, um, lock yourselves away and all the people and the rest of us will put ourselves in the firing line. They're a little bit like soldiers, you know, because in ordinary circumstances, you get soldiers and police putting themselves in danger on the firing line while the rest of us sort of cower and hide back on this side of the Rubicon while the legions are out there protecting us and we go around in our togas philosophising and smiling and having cups of tea. It's a bit like that but the the names of the soldiers have changed just at the moment. The names of the soldiers this time are the nurses and doctors and everybody else who has to be out there putting themselves at risk. There'd be others too, I can't even imagine who. So I'm sure there's a lot of people who have to drive people around who are in danger. I so on and so forth, you know. Um, and yet again, you know, here am I, and I don't have to take any responsibility. I don't have to treat it seriously. I don't have to. I can just sit here and um, not moralize, but virtueize um, this side of the Rubicon. This side of the virus Rubicon, whilst, uh, you know, it's not a physical line this time, but it's, you know, it's the thin white line and the thin blue line. The white line being the doctors and nurses and the blue line being um, the police and so on and so forth. And there's others. Um, So that's interesting. Yeah, the luxury of being flippant. When other people have to take it so seriously, and I compare myself, for example, with the Prime Minister. He's younger than me. He's actually younger than me. And he has to take it so seriously, and here's me being, you know, a bit of a clown, really. Clown. Odd, you know. But there have been times in my life, which makes it even more interesting, where I've had to take responsibility, where, you know, I was in the firing line in certain industries where I had to be responsible when I was working for government or, you know, in what you might call health and all that sort of stuff. And disasters would blow up and, you know, it was all hands on deck and... We were all having meetings saying, all right, how are we going to crowd control this, you know, um, and all this sort of thing, you know. What are we going to do? We're going to have to, you know, set up communication systems for families and blah, blah, blah. I used to be involved in all that, but back when I was 30 or something, and then I flipped over to software, and I'm only doing software now, got rid of all my staff. As I used to say, if I could only get rid of all my staff and all my clients, what a peaceful existence I would have. And I was right. You know, back when I was 30... I took the world more seriously, I had more responsibility, than um, I take the world now, you know, at 56. You would think I'd be becoming more an elder, but I've got the luxury of just sitting back and making a podcast, for example, like this, when I could be making government policy if I had stuck with government, yeah, if I had stayed, in on, stayed there, Yeah. Because I quit there when I... I can't even remember when I quit there. But it would have been when I was 30. Hmm. And, um... Do you know what? I just find it interesting, that's all. I haven't got any commentary to make about it. I don't feel guilty. Because I don't... I don't believe in guilt. I'm not sure what guilt is, you know. I I don't think you... What is guilt? You know, I don't even understand it. You either do something about it or don't feel Guilty. You know, if you're feeling guilty about something, then change what you're doing. And if you can't, you shouldn't. If you can't change what you're doing, then don't feel guilty. I never understood guilt, so I don't feel guilty. Um, and I've reached the edge of what sense I can make of all that. I think I'll get back to exponentials and logarithms now. I checked just now, and that was a 15-minute interlude. Uh, Off topic. These are the things that make my podcast unlistenable, which suits me, you know, because I can think more clearly when I'm by myself. Okay, so I'm back to exponentials and logarithms. Um, Now, yeah, and... um, Exponentials are that thing where you go, you know, where you keep multiplying by 10, for example, you know, 1 times 10 equals 10, times 10 equals 100, times 10 equals 1,000, times 10 equals 10,000, and so on. Okay, Um, that's exponentials, Um, and another way of saying that is, you know, you start off with 1, and you multiply that by 10, right. Now, in mathematical terms now, that um, is well another way of saying all that is 10 to the naught, followed by a sequence you know 10 to the naught, followed by 10 to the 1. you know 10 to the power of naught, um, followed by 10 to the power of 1, because 10 to the power of naught is 1. 10 to the power of 1 is 10. 10 to the power of 2 is 100 10 to the power of 3 is 1000 and so on okay and each one of those is a step you know from 10 to the naught to 10 to the 1 10 to the 2 10 to the 3 okay they're all steps you know 10 to the naught 10 to the 1 10 to the 2 10 to the 3 you know you should go from naught to 1 to 2 to 3 in a nice, even way. Yeah. And if you're talking about coronavirus, you know, you're going from step naught, to step one, to step two, to step three, to step four, to step five. Um, but the actual, you know, and that's almost like in a very regular way, naught, one, two, three, four, five, you know, the steps. But each step of the way, the number of cases is exploding. You know, one, ten, a 100,000. But the way exponentials work is, yes, you're concentrating on how many cases you've got. Interrupted, incoming, phone call, grumble, grumble, but moving on, uh, you know what I'm getting at. It's the game of exponentials. And as you go forth, In neat little steps, let's say one week at a time. Now that's neat, don't forget that. We are talking just neat little jumps of one, two, three, four. You know, week one, week two, week three, week four. In exponential world, in the game of exponentials, um, these are the exponentials, one, two, three, four. Five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, and so on. Um, these are the powers to which you uh, raise uh, whatever number you want to raise. So, if this is a virus we are talking about right now, in which each person who gets the virus uh, gives it to ten other people, um, it's ten that gets raised each time. So, after step, well, after step zero, that's the guy that ate the bat. After step zero, nobody's given it to anyone. So, after step zero, you've only got one person. So, in the world of exponentials, we sort of say, you know, if if if, if this is a situation where um, everyone um, gives coronavirus to 10 people, well, the first person isn't giving it to anyone. So, you know... 10 raised to the power of zero that's how many people he's giving it to zero so 10 raised to the power of zero is just one him right that's the way it works in the in the world of exponentials so 10 to the zero 10 to the zero is one but he after after the first week has gone. That's week one has gone. You know, we've got ten to the power of one. So that's ten people have got the virus now. Um. Hmm. Yes. Well, let's let's assume that guy number one has recovered. I think that's the easiest way to think of it. Um. Yes, I'll think of it that way. It doesn't really matter, you could include him or not. The point is, after week one, you've got 10 people who've got it. Yeah. Um, and after, after week zero, you've only got one person who's got it. Yeah. Right, it really doesn't matter which way you slice it. He, he can recover or not. One way or another, if it's a quick recovery, um, he's one of the 10, and if it isn't, he's not one of the 10, either way. This virus is such that after week one, you've got 10 people who've got it. And after week two, you've got 100 people who've got it, right? That's the way it works. Now, there's two things going on at once here. And that, that, that's, this is the bit, you know, I want to get my head around because I'm about to graph this thing. And this is not easy when you are speaking a podcast verbally to draw a graph. But I want to draw this graph. It's called a logarithmic scale, by the way, but we'll get to that. Now, we've got, um, you know, after week, what you know, if if can you imagine, um, a piece of graph paper, where you've got the number of cases on the y-axis, and the number of weeks on the x-axis, and with exponentials. I think everyone knows what the graph looks like. It starts off slowly and then shoots up the graph that you draw on that graph paper because you've got cases on your left, you know, going up on the y-axis. So 0, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, all the way up to thousands, right. Now, after week one, you've only got 10 cases, Yeah. Um... But after week two, you've got 100. So if you draw that graph, it's sort of, the the graph starts pointing, um, sort of starts rising slowly and then shoots up. Right. Now, I want to get into this because on a logarithmic scale, now this is a whole new type of graph paper and I've got to try and paint this verbally and it's not easy. But imagine if on the, um, on the y-axis, rather than the number of cases, um, every centimetre, you know, like on a normal piece of graph paper, you'd have, after the first centimetre, you would have, uh, let's say, the number 10. And then after the second centimetre, you'd have 20, 30, 40, 50. You know, that's a nice even scale uh 10 20 30 40 50 60 70 all the way up to thousands on the left pretty big piece of graph paper and then on the x-axis down the bottom you've got week one week two week three four week five right now um and, and you get that familiar exponential looking graph you know zooming up pretty quickly yeah it starts off slowly and then zooms up right now Imagine if on the y-axis, instead of, you know, 10, 20, 30, 40, 50, 60, 70, 80, 90, 100, all the way up to 2,000, you know, a very high piece of graph paper, what if you had 10, uh, you know, marked out on the first centimetre, and then on the second centimetre, you had 100, and then on the third centimetre, you had 1,000, so as you look up the y-axis, you know, moving in nice little steps, because they're the steps, remember, Um, you've got, um, you've got uh, 10, 100, 1,000, 10,000, but you've only gone up four centimetres there. Ah. Yeah, and then you've got 100,000 and a million and so on. And, you know, Now what does that same graph look like? After um, week one, you've got 10 cases. Okay. So what you do... You know, the, the um, week one is on the x-axis and the cases are on the right axis, except on the right, oh, sorry, on the y-axis. On the y-axis, the actual axis is escalating. Ten, 100, one hundred, a thousand, ten thousand. It's almost like the y-axis knew that a virus was coming. And this is true. This is the way logarithmic scales work. You know in advance that you've got an exponential situation going on. You know it's a virus. So you don't use an ordinary piece of graph paper. You use a piece of graph paper in which the y-axis is waiting for the exponentiation, for the explosion in cases. The y-axis is waiting for the explosion in cases. So let's have a look at this in our minds. I don't know if this is even possible, but I'll give it a go anyway. Week one, we've gone one centimetre to along the x-axis and one centimetre up along the y-axis. So you plot the first data point, which is one centimetre across and one centimetre up, okay? Now, after week two, You've got 100 cases, Uh so that's 2 centimetres across and only 2 centimetres up. Can you see what's happening here? And then after a 1,000 cases, you've got 3 centimetres across on the x-axis and 3 centimetres up on the y-axis. I don't know if you can picture this, but this is a straight line at 45 degrees. To the horizontal. You've got an x-axis and a y-axis. You've got an exponential series, you know, in which the cases are exploding. But when you graph it, it's forming a straight line at 45 degrees. It looks so neat. And why does it look so neat? It's because the graph paper knew that the exponential series was coming. It knew, it expected an explosion of cases, and it was ready for it. And on, the, on this exponential graph paper or logarithmic graph paper, I don't know why they don't call it an exponential scale. I don't know why they call it a logarithmic scale and not an exponential scale. I'd call it an exponential scale because on, ax- on the y-axis, the markings up and down the y-axis are exponential in nature. Going up, look, they're logarithmic in nature. Coming back down again, it can you can call it either. But on a log a piece of log paper, it's a straight line. You know, the um, the uh, the explosion of cases presents as a straight line, forty-five degrees. Yeah. Now, why is this interesting? Well, um it's because um, ordinary graph paper, you know, like let's say you are just in your car and you're speeding up slowly from 0 to 100 kilometres per hour, you know, and you're plotting your speed, you know, and after one second you're doing, you know, one kilometre per hour or 10 kilometres per hour and after two seconds you're doing 20 kilometres per hour and after three seconds you're doing 30 kilometres per hour, you know, this is a nice linear kind of... It's, it's not, you know, the speed is not exploding. You know, you're going up at a quite regular rate. But when it's a virus, that ordinary graph paper that you just plotted your speed as you sped up from zero to 100 kilometres per hour with your car, that piece of graph paper is good for that. Um, But it's not so good for... um. Something that it's exploding exponentially and the reason for that is look those it's all right At the start for the first few weeks because the curve still looks sort of You know a little bit a little bit across and a little bit up But after you've been after about 10 weeks or 20 weeks or 30 weeks The graph starts to look ridiculous on an ordinary graph paper because it's shooting up so much You know and after 10 weeks when you've got a billion cases, or 100 weeks, or whatever it is, you know, maybe 50 weeks, you know, when you've got a billion cases, to draw that on an ordinary piece of graph paper looks ridiculous. It almost looks like a straight line going up, because there's so many cases, you know. Um, okay. So, the best thing, you know, so... <laughs> After about 10 weeks when you're tracking the progress of the virus and you want to know whether it's starting to drop off or not, you can hardly even see it on ordinary graph paper because it's just going it's just shooting up too fast. So you what you do is you choose your graph paper to suit what you're looking at, you know. Um and and logarithmic graph paper, you know exponential graph paper, a logarithmic scale, an exponential scale shows you what the uh, progress of the virus would be if you just let it do its thing and uh, naturally, and it will just show it as a, a kind of a 45 degree line, nice, a completely perfectly straight line, just going, you know, for every centimetre it goes across, it goes a centimetre up and you've got this nice straight line, right? And you say, that's what we expect the virus to do. Now, what if, and then this is where real world um, interventions come into play. What if you're a politician and you say, listen, what if we um, create a few strategies where we try and um, mess with that virus and make it harder for that virus to explode Um, It's not, it's we think it's no longer going to follow its ordinary pattern of, you know, every person gives it to 10 people. We might be able to, via forcing everyone to keep away from each other, we might be able to make it such that, well, it starts to, you know, each person on average starts to give it to only five people or two people. And then they say, and then the politician calls the mathematician in and says, I want a graph of this to see whether I'm making any progress. And the mathematician said, well, I could do it on ordinary graph paper, but you know, it's going to, you know, the numbers are so big that you're not going to be able to see much. You know, you're not, it's going to look ridiculous on the graph paper. Why don't you use a logarithmic scale instead? And that way, if you see any divergence, from that straight line, as we plot the real-world scenario um, of how the virus is tracking, you know, it'll it'll come off that straight line. You know, you could have the expected progress of the virus, which would be an exact 45-degree line, and you could say, now, um, yeah, after four weeks or after eight weeks... You know, we're going to put some interventions in place and lock everyone in their houses so they can't give it to anyone except in their own houses. You know, and then suddenly, and let's draw what happens in the real world on the same graph paper that we're drawing what the virus would have done if we hadn't done that. Now, if we hadn't done that, the virus is just going to keep going in a nice straight line at 45 degrees on this logarithmic scale. Um, And then the mathematician plots what actually did happen because they start tracking it after eight weeks. And after nine weeks and ten weeks, um, it drops off. People start knocking, you know, people start on average giving it to only five people every person. Every person gives it across to only five people instead of an ordinary 10. The virus is very upset by this. It's not winning, but the mathematician plots it on a piece of graph paper and yes, in real life, sure enough, it starts off at a nice straight line at 45 degrees to the horizontal, but then it starts to level off. You know, it starts to curve And level off. And then the politician gets excited and he says, lock them down, lock them down even more. And he starts bringing the police out onto the streets and not letting anybody out of their houses. And then suddenly, you know, soon enough, people are giving it on average to only two people. You know, per case. You know, each person who gets a new whack of virus gives it to only two people. And then you have this situation, like I think we've got in China at the moment, uh, where eventually no one's, um, every new case, um, uh, people are giving it to no one. And then the, the real world cases on the logarithmic scale flattens out and goes every, you know, let's say, let's say it flattens out at what a mil, you know, a hundred thousand people. Um, suddenly the, the expected, um, Uh, progress of the virus is still going, you know, across and up at 45 degrees, shooting towards the stars, as we expect, you know, a nice straight line on this graph paper. But you have the graph of Wuhan and China um, levelling out, you know, and you can draw all the countries on that graph. And, you know, you have all of Us countries, the rest of us, Australia and Italy and Spain and all that sort of stuff, and we're still tracking forward on that straight line, doing what we're supposed to, um, according to the virus at least. But if we look ahead and say, if we do what China's doing, we can level it out. Once we get to 100,000 cases, we can level it out too. Hmm, let's do it at 10,000 cases and get in early, or 5,000 cases, you know, or 1,000 cases. All right. Now, they, people have plotted all of this on logarithmic. On a log, log, I saw it on the internet. Someone plotted uh, the progress of all the countries on a logarithmic scale. And once you did that, you could see the on a logarithmic scale. You could see um, the nice straight line. Believe it or not, once you plot, you know, fifty countries on there all at once, you can see the natural tendency of the virus you know, moving up in a straight line, you can actually sort of see the straight line, you know, because once you take all the countries, once you plot 100 countries or 200 countries, you know, um, you can see where the virus is trying to go. The straight line, the, tri- the virus is trying to track along. The virus desperately wants to get everybody, you know. So you can see what you can see what was on the virus's mind in the form. You know, if you look at all the graphs, you know, Japan, Singapore... China, you know, um, UK, America, everyone, right? Brazil, you look at them all, you say, gee, when you look at them all together, you can kind of see that straight line. And now it's probably not on a base of 10, you know, because all the examples I've been giving is where every person who gets the virus gives it to 10 others. We call that in exponential world um, that it's a base of 10, you know, Um, but You know, the base might be something else where everyone's giving it to, I don't know, four people or three people, you know, a base of four or a base of three, you know, um, or five or 20. I can't remember what it is, but the point is there's a straight line there. Now, right at the moment, as it turns out, um, Japan and Singapore, you can see them definitely tracking under that line. So they're doing something right. And you can see uh, Italy and Spain tracking above the line. And you can see Australia just tracking slightly under the line. So you can see who's uh, controlling it better. You know, it makes it very interesting, but it's very good to have that that main line of what the virus is trying to do, to see whether you're beating the virus or whether you're, you, you know, whether you're going even worse, you know, whether you're actually exploding faster than the virus was expecting to explode, you can actually do even worse than the, the, the virus's most happy dreams. You know, the virus might be saying, oh, I'd love to infect four people. I would love everyone who gets it to infect four other people. And then along comes Italy and every person's infecting six people and the virus says, oh, my God, that's better than I even expected. And that's when the curve goes above the expected line, you yeah? know. Um, so it 's a very interesting thing, and this is but it 's much easier to read on a logarithmic scale because you 're comparing the uh, progress of each country against a trend line a straight which is a straight line, a nice straight line um and it 's just much easier to read and that 's why we use logarithmic paper um, so that 's that um I could probably say no more about that now. I saw an article on this in which you know and it said. Um, we off, we use logarithmic scales. You know, it was on the ABC, Australia's ABC. You know, a news article online, and it said the headline said we use logarithmic scales um, to measure the progress of viruses. We are here to show you the maths of how that works. You know, and I said, oh, that's interesting, and I started reading it. And it was fantastic. You know, and that's what got this episode going actually. But then, you know, they got to the end and they got the graph at the end. Um, and it said um, and it said um, alright so Japan and Singapore are tracking under the line and Italy and Spain are you know going above the line they're doing terribly badly and, um, and Australia is slightly under the thing and then they, they you know then they went on and on and on about what strategies we need to put in place to be more like Singapore and to be more like Japan, and um, let's see what Italy did wrong, and all that sort of stuff, and I just went waffling on about all the things we should be doing, you know, wash your hands, here's the best way to wash your hands, Um, you know, social distancing, and I said, whoa, 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 your headline said we were going to talk maths, and suddenly, this is, you know, this isn't, you know, you've lost sight of what we're talking about here, you, um, you didn't warn me. This is this was going to be yet another article on what we can do to make sure we don't all die. You said this was going to be about maths, yeah. And uh, to the to which you might say, as a listener, well, you know, we're in the age of coronavirus, so everything should be brought back to what we can do to um, to. Uh, get this pandemic under control, you know, to which I would say, no, see, this is not a moralistic podcast, you know, this is what, what I was saying earlier in that intermission, this is not a moralistic, uh, you know, you should be able to talk about the maths of the thing without having to um, be helpful and useful. You know, the only point of this episode is to discuss how logarithms and exponentials, logarithms and exponentials work. You know, it was uh, you've tricked me, Um, and and then the person might say, yes, I know, but we were talking about maths. But obviously, everything we do at the moment has to come back to what we can do to get this pandemic under control. To which I would say, why? Why? Yeah, you know, and this is the difference between being moral and being virtuous. I think. Yeah, you know, I don't know if I'm using the word virtuous too loosely, but um, you know, there should still be room in a maths class or you know, where, um, or a podcast that's trying to talk about exponentials and logarithms, in which the greater good doesn't have to be discussed. You know, because there's a lot of people who, no matter what subject, let's forget about the virus for a second, there's a lot of people who, no matter what what you're trying to discuss, maths, chemistry, anything, yeah, you know, they say, now, how can we use this information to make the world a better place and get everyone to be kind to each other and solve all the problems of poverty and refugees and all that?" Sort of stuff? so I say, oh, for God's sake, no... Sometimes i just want to talk about maths or physics or chemistry um without having to apply it. You know, i just want to talk about it in a pure way and um and not have to you know, then use that information to do good in the world, you know? And i think this is a difference between pure mathematicians if you like and applied mathematicians or pure scientists and applied scientists, or pure thinkers and applied thinkers. I think pure thinkers can be sociopaths, and I might be one of them sometimes in this podcast at least. So a pure thinker, you know, and I'm thinking about when I was at school, I did pure and applied maths, and they were different classes. You know, we'd do pure maths, but in that classroom, we wouldn't try and apply it to re- the real world. We would just learn how to do square roots and things, and exponentials and all that sort of stuff. But then, you know, the next day on the, way, on the Tuesday, uh, we'd go into applied maths and suddenly we'd be using those same formulas and everything that we were doing in pure maths on the Monday and, and, so, and using them to solve real-world problems. You know, maybe like poverty, you know, and the lack of compassion that people have in this world these days for refugees or something. You know, maybe we would apply it to that. But I do like to separate them out and be able to make a podcast, or an episode, or an entire podcast in my case, you know, that's just devoted to the pure stuff, because the world is full of people, so full of people, I'm just concentrating only on, you know, good advice on how to be kind, and how to wash your hands, or, you know, how to be lovely to LGBTQI people, I'm getting off the track, but you know what I mean, how to be kind to refugees and very quickly they you know no matter what you're talking about they're trying to bring it back to that um but in some senses i would i I, i'm quite liking doing a podcast in which i'm not trying to give advice on all that stuff you know i'll just like a sociopath um just work out all the ideas and you know exponentials and logarithms, you know, and plotting those things on graph paper and everything, that's a good idea that someone had once upon a time. I think the guy, was one of the key figures was called Euler, E, oh, it's German, there'll be an H in there, E-U-H-L-E-R or something, or E-U-L-H-E-R, I'm not sure, Euler, <laughs> Euler, um, but you need know the Eulers of this world, just doing the maths of it, and then other people if they want to make the world a better place pick up a podcast like this and feel free knock yourself out you know Um, but I I think there's I think there needs to be a balance we used to do just as many pure maths classes as applied maths classes and sometimes I wonder whether um, we should have just as many people doing pure thinking and you'd call those people philosophers Um, as you have People doing applied thinking you know, you'd call these people activists, I suppose you know, and under the banner activists you would have you know, politicians and everybody you know, because they're activists in a way, aren't they? Um, I got off track again but I enjoy, I enjoy getting off track on this one. Um, but you know that's kind of the end of the episode probably. Talk, you know this episode wanted to talk about logarithms and like exponentials now on that graph paper, okay, let's just look at that graph paper. And we've got the expected tra- um, progress of a virus. Um, you know I'm zooming back to that graph paper now, I've just dump everything I was talking about then. right. And so up on the y-axis, you've got, um, you know naught, and then one, then 10, and so on. 100, 1,000. And across the X-axis, you've got week, one, week, two, week, three, week, four. Yeah, you know, that could be every three days or every four days, but I've just met it every seven days, week by week by week. Um, and the current virus, let's just imagine, is a nice 45 degree line. So that's just, oh, you know, that's, that's this virus tract. if we don't do anything about it. If we do something about it, you might be able to get it trending below that line. You know, the progress of the virus, and um, and look, if you don't, eventually it'll, it'll flatten out one day anyway because, you know, eventually you've infected the whole population. It has to flatten out because there's no one else to infect. So, you know, either do it before it infects everyone or just let the line go for a lot longer and finally it'll flatten out by itself because we haven't got an infinite population. Um, but just to do the maths on it all again, uh, so... Um, the, um, the, uh, the weeks are on the x-axis, um, and the number of cases on the y-axis, and, um, and look, I did all the maths of that, of how, how to take the, oh, log is coming back down again, you know, we go from a 1,000 back to 100 down the y-axis, you know, a 1,000. Yeah, you come that 45-degree that line. If you come back down the line, back towards one case, um, the process via which you come back down is called, you know, taking the logarithm. Um, so you start at 10,000 cases, and you come down to 1,000, and then come back to 100, then come back to 10. How many steps is that? That's three steps, I think. And, and then you come back to one, you know. Um, so the log, so in, exp, in exponential terms, it'll take you four weeks to get from one to, you know, four weeks to get to 10, 100, 1,000, 10,000. That's called an exponential increase. And um, to come back down again, to work out how many weeks you've already had the virus, yeah, you're at the four-week mark. How long since there's been one, you wanna say? You know, I wanna go back down the curve. I wanna go anti-exponential. Um, I wanna go backwards. Well, the process via which we do that is, you know, and I'll finish off the episode with this, you're starting at you know, 10,000, and you wanna to say to yourself, well, we're going, you know, we're dividing by 10 each time now, not multiplying by 10, you know, the opposite. So how many steps will it take us to get back down? And, and the way you ask that is, you know, that instead of using the word exponential, you're using the word logarithmic, coming back down again. So you say, what I want to take the logarithm, the log of 10,000, you know, coming back, that's code for let's come back down. I want to take the log of 10,000, Yeah, using a base of 10, you know, where I'm dividing by 10. So using a base of 10 means dividing by 10. Right. I want to take the log to the base 10 of 10,000 to see how many steps it will take me to get back to one. And then you start getting your fingers out, you know, and you go, I'm starting out at 10,000. Right. After step one, coming backwards, I'm at 1,000. After step two, I'm at 100. After step three, I'm at Ten, And after step four, I'm at one. I've got the guy that ate the bat after four steps. So the log to the base 10 of 10,000 is four, you know. And in this real world situation, that means it was, you know, the virus started four weeks ago. 10,000, 1,000. 100, 10, one, four steps, backwards. Log to the base 10 of 10,000 is four. Log to the base 10 of 100,000 is five. You know, it would take five steps to get backwards, and so on. Now, if you wanna go forward again in time, start with the bat guy and move towards 10,000, you say, how many steps would it take? to get to $10,000, $10,000, 10,000 cases. So you've got one, yeah, um, and then you've got yeah, 10 cases after the week one. So um, that's one step and we call that 10 to the one, you know, 10 to the power of one. So we started off with just one case, and that's called 10 to the power of zero, Right, how many weeks is it gonna take us to get to 10,000? Well, we're on 10 to the naught, which is just the original guy. He hasn't given it to anyone yet. We're on 10 to the naught. So after week one, we've got, we're, we've got 10 to the power of one. You know, 10 times one. Oh, sorry, 10 times 10. Oh, one times 10, yeah. Right, 10 to the power of one. So we've only got 10 cases. And after week two, we've got 10 to the power of two. And after week three, we've got 10 to the power of three. And after week four, we've got 10 to the power of four, which is 10,000. So four steps. 10 to the power of four means four steps in exponential terms. Exponential, you know, four steps means 10 to the four. Logarithms, well, the log of 10,000 going backwards to the base 10 is four. Yeah. Exponentials, 10 to the power of four, gets you there. Logarithms, Log of 10,000 to the base 10 is four steps to get back, and that's exponentials and logarithms. That'll do.